Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth, human performance, and culture change. This is your host, Philip Grison. Thank you for joining me on this path. I hope you enlighten others along the way. Hey everyone, I've been dealing with some grief and loss in my life lately, and I also have some loved ones that are going through these experiences in different ways. So I wanted to share some thoughts and some concepts on dealing with loss as it can be pretty overwhelming for people to go through. Some people try really hard to escape these negative emotions through alcohol or drugs. Some try to escape through rebound relationships that end up inflicting even more hurt. There's a lot of self-destructive behavior associated with grief and loss, but there are also healthy ways to go through these hard times. Everyone we love will experience loss, whether the death of a loved one or the end of a relationship. It's essential that we learn to navigate loss in a healthy way, even though it sucks to go through. If we don't, we will actually prolong our suffering. We also won't be able to be the example we want to show others to help them too. So the first concept for managing loss is self-awareness. The limbic brain prefrontal concept I often teach is part of this, but the deeper truth is that I am not my thoughts. I am the one who observes them. A lot of my self-awareness journey started with stepping outside of myself and seeing the difference between primal, reactive, survival-based thoughts that come from my limbic brain and the deeper contemplative thoughts that occur in my prefrontal lobe. But really... Neither of those regions of my brain are who I really am on the deepest level. I am the one who observes what my brain is doing. That self-awareness that I am not my thoughts has helped me so much in life at the hardest of times. I've been dealing with a lot of grief and loss for the past few months, and I'm still in the middle of it. Self-awareness has helped me through these times. And none of it is easy, but it is easier to step outside of myself and just observe what my brain is doing. When I have the ability to look at myself from an external view, it comes with the realization that these emotions are not the depth of who I really am. They are just a natural process my brain is going through to deal with it all. And that helps so much. I realize it is temporary. It has a shelf life. I realize there are healthy ways to go through it that will speed up this process. I realize there are self-destructive things I could do that would prolong my suffering. Most importantly, when I can look at my thoughts as the observer, I know that I have a choice here. I will go through this. My brain will go through these emotions but I can also choose how I go through it. Having a choice in the how makes me feel powerful instead of powerless. It feels better. It initiates feelings of hope. It still sucks to go through, but it's not as bad as it could be if I wasn't self-aware. You know, grief and loss typically have overlapping cycles, shock, 
anger, denial, bargaining, depression, and acceptance are all normal stages that one goes through. Shock and anger are usually easier for me to manage. Maybe it's not that way for everyone, but for me, anger is usually just thoughts in my mind I have to deal with. But there have definitely been times I have said things that I regretted when in that anger stage. Self-awareness that I am just going through that stage does two things for me. One, it allows me to forgive myself for something I may have said in a state of anger tied to this loss. The words said, the feelings of anger, they are just a stage my brain is going through. It's going through it as a protection mechanism to deal with this loss. And the other benefit is knowing that process, that anger stage, is not who I really am on the deeper level. And this allows me to manage or lessen that anger showing up as a behavior. As an example, I've said some words in a state of anger that I regretted. Knowing that it was just a normal reaction to dealing with loss made me focus on how to manage that. One thing I did was make a note file to set as the lock screen on my phone. It was just a few phrases, don't engage, only respond with love, and things like that. Just some constant reminders of how I want to show up in the middle of this loss instead of letting my caveman brain do all the driving. Bargaining is another phase that typically shows up as guilt for me. Could I have done something differently to not experience this loss? If I had only seen it coming, if I did this instead of that, and those types of wishing I could have prevented it thoughts. Self-awareness is the understanding that these are normal thoughts to think, even when they don't make me feel better. I am not my thoughts, right? I am the one observing what my brain is processing in loss. That helps me move toward the acceptance that there is no time machine to go back and do it differently. Here and now is where I am. So ways to manage that are, I did the best I could in that situation. I must forgive myself for not being perfect in how I handled it, but also accepting that I did try and I tried hard and I was patient and tolerant for a very long time. Trying to do my part to avoid the loss. I did the things. I had the hard conversations. I tried all the things in that type of situation. I did the best I could. That helps me stop bargaining with my brain on the could have, should have, and focus more on I did the best I knew to do at the time. But then there's the next cycle, depression. This is the hardest one for me. Depression sucks. Nobody wants to feel depressed. But it is normal to experience these emotions when processing grief. The awareness that it is also just another stage helps me see the light at the end of the tunnel. The self-awareness that the best case scenario is to just let it happen gets it over with quicker. Can you allow yourself to just feel the suck for a week or two? Some people put the stage off as long as possible 
And in the process, they don't just delay dealing with it, they strengthen it. I've been fasting from alcohol over the past few months, and it made me notice something. Alcohol makes depression worse. Sobriety helps you move through that stage of loss so much faster and easier. It's ironic that some people believe that having a few drinks just to escape the pain for a while is giving you a break from the sadness of the situation. Yes, it is delaying the feeling, but it is not escaping it. It's just pushing it aside until you sober up. And here's the worst of it. By delaying it, you are actually resisting it. And you all know what resistance does. Just like your muscles, resistance strengthens. In emotions, delaying, allowing yourself to feel them, strengthens them. So the word escape is really the wrong word. You are not escaping depression with alcohol. You are sending depression to the gym to work out. And when it comes back, it will be stronger. My sister said to me recently, drink when you are happy to be happier. Never drink when you are sad. My fast from alcohol has taught me that you should never drink when you are sad. It never makes it better. It just sends sadness to the gym. Another escape mechanism people often use in the loss of a relationship is a rebound. These are also self-destructive by nature, but can feel like a way to lessen the pain in the moment. On one hand, a rebound relationship almost always ends up with someone getting hurt. Maybe the person you date gets hurt because you just use them to lessen your pain of a long-term relationship coming to an end and then later realize that they aren't for you. They may have wanted much more from the relationship. You might hurt yourself because you end up finding out they aren't the right one for you and you feel guilt or shame for getting intimately involved with someone you wish you wouldn't have. The most destructive part of rebounds is that you don't give yourself the time to be alone, to learn to be happy alone, to rediscover yourself and determine who you want to be moving forward, and learning the ability to be picky and selective on what you really want in a newfound relationship. There are rare forms of divine intervention, but most of the time, Rebounds are self-destructive escape mechanisms. So I've been thinking about this concept lately, the great prerequisite. And here's what I mean. In these mindfulness-type circles, the power of intentional thinking is a skill often taught. And it's true. Intentional thinking does help you become closer to the results you want to achieve, more attractive to them, more in line with your goals. It also gives you the ability to label any challenging circumstance as a roadblock or a gift for your personal growth. All those things are true. But there's something else that is important underneath all of that. The ability to process negative emotion. 
If I just push down the negative emotions that come with being human, doing all the positive thinking work may make me more like a cold robot just saying the right things than a loving emotional being. I could also get to a point where I just totally break down from all of that resistance. If I push negative emotion down and don't allow myself to feel it deeply, the same thing applies to positive emotion. Joy and suffering are the yin and yang that go together. If I want to create high-quality, positive emotions through intentional thinking, I also need the ability to feel and process high-intensity negative emotion. And most people don't want to do that. They want to feel joy, but they want to escape suffering. But the level of joy you can feel is equal to your ability to feel sadness, loss, and depression. You can compartmentalize it temporarily, and sometimes that is exactly what you need to do. You still have to get up, go to work, and get the job done and wipe your butt, but you can't push it away forever. Eventually, you are going to have to deal with it, or it will diminish your power or even break you. You have to give yourself time to process negative emotion. What I think is challenging for a lot of people is exactly how to do that and what it looks like. The best advice I know is from Eckhart Tolle. Go deeply into your pain and watch it diminish. What we need to do is we need to feel with total acceptance and zero resistance. We want to be masters of the ability to feel. We want to give ourselves the space to feel. We want to totally embrace emotion, both good and bad. I want to be able to totally feel the emotion of suffering because in that way, I can totally feel the emotion of joy. I want to feel the emotion of loss and depression because it allows me to totally feel the emotion of passion, love, and gratitude. I want to totally feel the emotion of anger and jealousy because it totally allows me to feel the emotion of compassion and forgiveness. It's 50-50. If life has presented me with negative emotion, like loss, grief, despair, then I need to give myself the time and the space to feel deeply exactly how it feels. So how does my depression feel? It's like this hum in my chest, my stomach, and even in my eyebrows. It's a centralized area, almost linear in nature, but it has a slight curve to it. There's a hump in the middle with the ends pointing down. These areas in my body where I can physically feel depression and loss are in the shape of a frown. How ironic is that? When I focus all my attention on these areas in my body where I can feel that loss, that grief, that sadness, I am totally accepting them without resistance. This allows for them to exist and is how to diminish their hold on me. I'm accepting them in a loving way instead of pushing them away through resistance. 
the best method for this is to observe and describe to yourself exactly how they feel. Let it happen and focus on how it feels. You could think of these physical symptoms of negative emotions as little inner children inside of you. You are loving them even though they are suffering. Those feelings are part of you, who you are, and what makes you human. Then you move to not just allowing them, you learn to love them. Not loving them like wanting to feel that way all the time, but loving them like a child of yours that fell down and is hurting. You know you can't take all their pain away, but you also know you can soothe it a little by loving them with compassion. You know they will get through it. You know they will heal. Love your loss and love your grief like you love your child. If you do this work, if you learn to go deeply into your pain and purposely feel it and focus on it, you can also do this work with joy, excitement, anticipation, and genuine love. You can go deeply into all the positive emotions too, and that feels freaking amazing. For a rich life, we need to grow our ability to feel all of the emotions That is what makes us human. And all of this points to another stage of loss, acceptance. Acceptance could be viewed as the final stage. But it's important to note that these stages of loss are not linear. It's more like you are out in the middle of the ocean of loss and the waves come and go. As you work through the stages of bargaining or depression, you can feel a little acceptance, but it doesn't mean you are done. Here comes another wave of depression. You notice it, feel it, focus on it, allow it to be. Then you move on again to another cycle of acceptance. Although none of this is linear, The more acceptance you feel, the more you are moving out of the ocean and towards the shore. Acceptance can show up as I'm still good enough, even though somewhat damaged through all of this. It can show up as I will rebuild my life, my circle. It can show up as pride that I allow myself to feel these emotions without trying to escape or resist them. All this leads to the wisdom that might show up as honesty, that we all play a part in relationship loss. It can show up as forgiveness that even though people do bad things that contribute to loss, they are not necessarily bad people. They are just suffering and don't know how to fix themselves. It can show up as forgiveness that they don't know. They just don't know how to fix it. Self-awareness of the cycles of loss has helped me manage my thoughts as I work through them. Yet meditation or not thinking anything is the exercise to strengthen my ability to do that. It's the thing to do to strengthen my ability to disconnect from thought. It's the practice to become a stronger outside observer of myself. Meditation can be practiced in many forms, but I wanted to share an example of prayer. 
As I've grown older, I rarely use words when I pray. I do use words when I say grace at the dinner table with my kids, but rarely use words when I pray in silence to God. So using words to explain this is actually a little nuts, but I'm going to try anyway. When I sit down to pray, I often start to think, how dumb is it to think I need to use words to pray to an all-knowing God? How selfish is it to ask for something when he already knows what is best for me? Like God doesn't know the depth of my thoughts, my pain, my struggles, my needs. It's almost an insult to God to ask for something concerning an experience that he already knows deeper than I could possibly understand. It's also insulting to think I know what I need better than him. Why should I ask God to do anything? Why not just totally accept that God is in control and knows better than I ever could? So these thoughts are not meditation, but they open the door to it in the form of prayer. I move from thinking to feeling the presence of God. Feeling and sensing is the opposite of thinking. This is where meditation happens. Wherever you are, there is more space than any physical object around you. If you are outside or in a room, there is always more space than any physical matter. That space is eternal. Those physical objects, whether live trees or man-made objects, had a date of creation and a date where they will no longer exist anymore. So for me, a form of prayer meditation is feeling the empty space that is all around me. It's between my pants and my leg. It's feeling the air touching the hairs on my arm or my eyebrows or the back of my neck. Meditation is feeling the eternal space that always existed and always will, even when this entire planet is one day turned to dust. It is feeling that eternal space that is the Alpha Omega presence of God. Wherever you are, you can always focus on feeling that space. It is always the greatest amount of anything that always surrounds you. Feeling that has become a meditation that connects me deeper to God and less connected to the chemistry going on in my mortal brain. The last thing that I'd like to share with you is journaling. I've been keeping a journal of the thoughts I think and the emotions I feel day to day as I go through this loss. It's another method to strengthen my ability to see myself as the outside observer. It helps me see that every day is filled with multiple emotions in all the stages of loss, and not all of them are bad. It's a way of reminding myself how many people love me and support me through this time. Friends call, they come visit, they reach out, they let me know that they truly love me. There are so many people on my bus. Journaling also shows me how I am progressing through all of this. I can view the level of progress I am making, the ratio of positive and negative emotions. But the most important reason to journal is the thought download concept. By physically writing my thoughts down, 
It is truly like downloading them from my brain. They aren't stuck in there. They are leaving me through my hands into another physical form. It's a great process for experiencing a letting go of those thoughts and emotions. It's another form of detaching myself from them. So the things that have helped me the most, other than support from friends and family, are practicing self-awareness, meditation, and journaling. Researching what is normal to feel in times of loss increases my self-awareness. Meditation and journaling help me disconnect from the thoughts going on inside my mortal brain. I wish everyone knew the power of these tools because they literally minimize my suffering. I'm still on this journey out in the ocean of loss and grief, but I'm working through it and swimming towards the shore. I wanted to share what I am experiencing with you in hopes it helps you and also helps you help others going through hard times. Sometime in the future, once I really reach that shoreline, I'll share with you some more outside observer thoughts when I'm in that place. But for now, thank you all for the love and grace you show everyone around you. It's a blessing to be on the bus with you. Love you all and have a wonderful new year. Hey there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a review. If you want to connect further, reach out at leaderthink.com.